Welcome to New Horizons Podcast, Trailblazers. New Horizons is a national nonprofit that has served individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities since 1971. We believe that every person has a story to tell. This podcast will be a place for men and women from diverse backgrounds and with unique abilities to share their victories, challenges, and stories with the world. We hope you enjoy. A quick announcement before today's episode. The 2020 census is here, and it is incredibly important that people with disabilities and their families are ready to be counted. Please visit thearc.org slash census to learn more. It is hard to find somebody who has been as loyal to a field or to a community as long as Christine Theophanopoulos has been with the disability community here in Tennessee. Christine is a dedicated mother, a wealth of knowledge, and I had a blast getting to know her better. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, I'm Christine Theophanopoulos, and I currently work as the Director of Compliance for Developmental Services of Dixon County. And um, I've been in Tennessee many years, and I'm excited to be here on your podcast. Awesome, and thank you so much for joining us today, Christine. I guess to, to get started, to learn a little bit more about you, you said you've been in Tennessee for many years, but where were you before that, and what originally brought you to Nashville? Um, I grew up in southern Illinois and um, decided that I wanted to be um, a music therapist, actually. And I come down to Belmont um, to college down here from southern Illinois and actually uh, was in an opera program there and um, enjoyed singing and things like that. And then I decided that I wanted to work in the, in the field of um, special ed and wanted to do K-12 special ed teaching. And um, I ended up staying down here and loved Tennessee and really enjoyed it and um, decided to go ahead and, and make my life here and had the opportunity to work as a early intervention teacher for HAT um, there in the Gallatin area. And I started out as a teacher and then I moved on from there to um, different things in the late 80s. And I've been in the field um, since 89. So I've been here a long time. Awesome. Well, thank you for your just your your persistence and your faithfulness to this community and, and to this field. I've been working for New Horizons for only about ten months or so, so I've got a, a ways to catch up to you. So you said you went to Belmont. My youngest brother is actually going to be a rising senior at Belmont this year, so he's loved oh. it. But did you enjoy your time there as well? I did enjoy my time there. I also went to Tennessee State University. Um, I enjoyed every aspect of. All of the music in Nashville, I really enjoyed that, but my heart was just really with the folks with disabilities, and so I changed my major and decided to um, pursue, um, you know, K through through 12 special ed teaching. and And when I was doing my um, student teaching, I decided that I didn't really think I wanted to work in a classroom, and uh, got a call and and ended up working for Hats, and and it just led my life through where I'm at today. And I just feel so thankful and so blessed to be able to be a part of this field so many years and, and to be excited every day that we can support folks. That's awesome. I'm curious what, what it was like as a special ed teacher and what unique challenges you saw that were there just from an administration standpoint or what, what it was like as that experience. I'm sure it was very challenging. Yes. Um, I actually worked in a, in a, in an area where there was lots of crime and things like that when I was doing my student teaching. And I um, actually 
had an instance where I had a kindergarten class at the time, and I had a child that was abused in that class. And, and I walked the streets trying to find the home of the child. And just during that point, it just really did something to me um, to want to do social work. And I just decided that I really wanted to work with young children, birth to three, that were at risk for environmental delays, as well as folks with disabilities. Um, and it just really changed my life. And, and that's really where it, it started at. Well, I'm sure. So one of the things that when we spoke a little earlier, I thought was fun. I've, I've been able to work with my family a little bit, but on more of a part-time basis. But I know you're able to, to work at the same company with your daughter. So what is that like? Oh, that's awesome. We have actually had wonderful opportunities. I We've worked together since she was um, 11 years old. And she's now 22, and um, we have had an amazing experience, an amazing ride in her life and, and in our life. Um, she started out at 11, um, wanting to own her own clothing line, and she also has a disability. She has optic nerve hypoplasia in one eye. Um, she's totally blind in one eye, but she's able to track. So when she looks at you, you can't tell. Um, you know, that she's blind in one eye unless she's very tired and then her whole eye really turns in. So she started modeling at a really young age. She was like seven years old when she started modeling. And she told me, she said, I just want to have my own clothing line. I just, I really want to dress other people. And I don't sew. So I was definitely not the one to assist her with that. Um, so she ended up getting a sewing teacher. The lady actually wanted to teach her to quilt. Um, she asked me, could she let her go? Because she didn't want to quilt. She wanted to design fashion wear. I said, sure, because I don't sew. So if you want to let her go, I'm the one paying for it. Go ahead. <laughs> so she learned to sew on her own. I bought her a machine, and she learned to sew on her own. And um, she began being extremely creative and making outfits that were not typical of Nashville, um, very wild outfits. Um, she did an entire ocean themed set of clothing that she designed. Yeah. Um, and that's when the oil spill happened years ago, um, when the oil spill happened. So she designed just really bizarre type, what I would consider not typical clothing that we would wear around town. Um, and she went to Lowe's and bought things to make her items stand up, um, gowns and jellyfish outfits and I mean it was just really she would use dowel rods in her clothes very very eccentric clothing and um she said to me mom I I think I'm ready to do this professionally and she just turned 12 and I said <laughs> I said um okay so I homeschooled her took her out of public school I homeschooled her and told her whatever she wanted to do to chase her dream I would help her and um, she said, I want to apply for Atlanta International Fashion Week as a designer. And I said, oh, they're not going to pick you because um, you're a kid, one. And that's a big deal. And it's probably just, I don't want you to get your hopes up. And she said, mom, it's free to email. And they called her the next morning and she opened Atlanta International Fashion Week. And she that's had, amazing. it's and been she was such a ride. She, was, she just turned, it was just turning 13 when we went. Okay. So it was just, it's just been such an incredible ride with her. She's had the opportunity to show in New York several times um, during Fashion Week. And she also works with Harder Cause 
um, Autism Speaks, and and she's been able to dress like Miss United States and and title holders and wow. and different artists around town. And I just it's just been an amazing amazing ride um, to see her grow over the years and and what she's been able to do and and to speak to the community that we serve as well. So it's it's been quite exciting for me as a mom because I'm just you know as I call myself the momager until she grew up. Mm-hmm. So, but I always allowed her to plan her trips and make all of the arrangements. She would have to, um, that was part of her schooling as well, was that she would have to map out where we would stay in New York. I would give her the card to pay for whatever we were doing, but how are we getting from here to there? Where are the model fittings? When are, where's the makeup, makeup artist going to be? All of those type of things. So even at a young age, I would I would go with her, but she would have to be the one that mapped those things out for every city we were in, because I wanted that to install instill that in her, so that when she did get out on her own, she would be able to travel and do those things as well on her own. To have that confidence at such a, a young age is, is impressive. At any age, is impressive. But that's so cool that she's been able to have and and you through through that those experiences. Is she still? keeping the clothing line going? Is that something she's able to do while working with you as well? Yes, she is still keeping the clothing line going. She was an ISD as well for a time, and now she is an employment specialist at Developmental Services um, and gets to work with me as well. So we just have had a really, you know, it's been very enjoyable to see her grow in the field that we work in and, and to see all of the things that she's been able to do. And she's also a part of um, a board member of Fashion is for everybody, and it's a Nashville-based um, company that puts on a show each year, and it, it supports folks of all different genders, um, people in chairs. She makes custom garments for the folks on the runway as well, and that has been a wonderful thing uh, for Nashville as well as as for her to be able to grow and and to make outfits for folks you know that maybe has a limb missing or, you know, um, that has to be specially fitted for their clothing. So she's in, really enjoyed that, too. That's awesome. And for anyone listening who would like to look up her line or might be interested, what's the name of her line? Her name of her line is Catland, C-A-T-L-A-N-D, Forever Couture. So, um, and she goes by Cat. So that is her clothing line, and she's, I believe, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. She's much younger than I am. She has all of those extra, <laughs> extra cool things that they do that I don't. I don't. I'm not a part of all of those things, but um, she does do all of those things. Um, so yeah, and and she loves to do events, and also works with hair and makeup for agencies that might just want to, you know, do a Skype special on how to do makeup and mm-hmm. things like that. She would love to do that with different different folks and different agencies. Um, she doesn't charge anything for that. She would just enjoy doing that with folks. I'm definitely going to have to follow up with her because we'd love to have her out to New Horizons. I'm sure I'm thinking of a few people off the top of my head that would love to, to meet and learn from her. Oh, sure. We, she would love that. She would really enjoy that. Um, she does a lot of those things as well with our groups. And um, we've had professional hair and makeup artists come in before the virus hit. And we did a red carpet event. And, and they've just had a ball. Um, and seeing all their different fashion ideas and they bring different materials and, and gowns in to try on. And so that's been fun for those that we support too. That's awesome. So in addition to Kat, you have a son as well, correct? 
I do. I have a son. He's 26. And he was born with Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. It's an extremely rare seizure disorder. And the life expectancy typically with someone that was born with that when at the time that he was born with it was about the age of seven. And um, he was on oxygen. We, I, I just really, I had to get a nurse to stay with him. Um, Hats was an amazing company when I worked for them that actually assisted me with a nurse to stay with him while I taught classes um, because I couldn't leave him alone. He had to have a nurse with him. Um, his heart also stopped. So when he would have a seizure, his heart would stop. So he had to have rescue breath. Um, he, he is now 26 and it has been quite an amazing ride. We have been able to um, receive treatment at the Epicare Center in Memphis. Um, and I understand there's another place in Florida. And that was my two choices. So I chose Memphis. He went as an infant. And um, once we found out why he was crying all the time, we didn't know he was having all these different seizures when he was first born. Uh, once I found out, you know, what was going on with him, we actually signed up for an experimental study on um, experimental medications that are now here in the United States, such as Lamictal, Topamax, all those things years ago were not approved here. And they actually shipped the medications um, from other countries. And I had to sign up for this trial for him. But I was at the point as a mom, he had no quality of life. He was crying all the time. He was I didn't know if he was in pain. I didn't know if he was having migraine seizures. I mean, we just didn't know what else to do. And we tried all the hospitals locally in Nashville, and they just felt that there was not a lot else that they could do for him. And so I took it upon myself to call the Epicare Center and got him down there. And um, we ended up having just wonderful, a wonderful doctor there for many years that he's seen. Um, and he was having 24-hour active seizures. And at that time, the equipment in Nashville, we didn't have all of the equipment that could could monitor those things that many years ago for a long period of time. Um, so they had beds there at this hospital at the Epicare Center um, at Le Bonheur Hospital where he was at. And I was able to stay at the hospital with them. They actually had hotel-like rooms for the parents, which was really awesome for me as a mom. I was a single mom to be able to go there with him and to be able to stay and be able to sleep comfortably because he was a kiddo that lived in hospitals a lot. And um, it was, it was just really beneficial for me as a, as a mom and as a person to be able to get a good night's sleep and not feel like I had to sleep in the room with him. So that was, that was a really great thing. And um, he was about 13 years old and I, I um, made a decision as a mom and I, I talked to some other people that, he was having a lot of issues walking and he was still having some drooling issues and he just wasn't himself. And he, the seizures had actually stopped and which is really unheard of for this to happen. And I ended up working with some doctors and I, I weaned him off all medications. And so he's been med free since he was 13. Awesome. So, and he's not had any seizures. He does get bad migraines. And so I just really watch him during those times, but he's not on oxygen. He's on no medication and um, has done extremely, extremely well. No, no heart medication, no nothing. 
So we just feel really extremely thankful that he's done as well as he has. And his sister co-conserves with me. And so she's grown up with him all of her life and um, has a very, very active role in his life and, and the decisions that we make for him every day. Very cool. So having a son and daughter both with these unique challenges, how has that informed or maybe changed your view of disabilities and of, of the disabilities that, that face different men and women here in our community? You know, I really think it has changed me in several ways. One one thing that I can say just as a parent and as a human being, when you have a child that codes often and, and is literally gone and then they bring them back, which has happened to me several times over his his life, you take out all of the other things that you want for your child, all of those things in your mind that you're saying, you know, I want my child to do this. I want him to go to this college. I want him to be with this person. I want him to live in this kind of a house. All those things go away. And what matters to you as a person is that your child is alive and has a quality of life and that no matter what level they're on, that you can have that love and they can feel that love that you have for them. And that really is the basis of of my parenting that I've done with my children and my entire life. And so he lives his life as he chooses. So some days, some days he wants to be um, dressed in a doctor's uniform. We let him. Some days he wants to um, be Batman and he might wear a cape around the house. I'm really okay with just him being himself and the kindness that he has in his heart to offer other people is beyond anything that I could ever imagine for any parent to want. So I feel so super blessed that I have I have him in my life and that he's able to be here with us and the joy that he brings and the funny things that he says to me. And he walks and he talks, so I'm very thankful for that. I know so many parents don't don't have that with their with their child with a disability. Um you know, I he's excited about every holiday, and he knows when the next holiday is. So no matter what, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt, or Valentine's Day is a big deal. We go to the store and buy whatever chocolates he wants. He wants to send Valentine's to his friends. Those kind of things will always keep me young and make me feel like life really does matter because those are the important things in That's life. That's awesome. What a gift to be able to, to have that perspective, a, a, a tough gift, but a, a gift to be able to see what really matters and keeping the main things the main things. And, and like you said, day, day-to-day looks looks different. Be able to, to roll with that is, is awesome. So we've, we've talked a lot about your kids, but I'd love to, to know a little bit more about you as well. Um, are there any any weird or interesting hobbies? I know you're you're busy as a, as a mother and, and working as well, but what does Christine do in her free time? Um, I love Harley Davidson. <laughs> So I I love I'm looking at a trike right now. Um I have a, a Harley. Um I do love motorcycles. Um I love to be outdoors. I like to swim in the summertime. I enjoy um cookouts and, and things like that with my family. Um I love to have a variety of friends from all different aspects of life. Um that seems to fulfill me. Um and I really, really love having holiday dinners 
And it doesn't matter if it's somebody that's worked on my house or a neighbor I've met or some of my closest family. We all just get together. I invite neighbors, whoever wants to come, can come for the holidays. So, and some folks that I've supported before as well um, in the past as an ISC supervisor. Um, I just want people to enjoy enjoy life and enjoy each other and feel like that we're we're just all one big family. All right. Well, I'll be there next holiday. Then. Okay. Well, you're welcome to come. You're welcome to come. It's interesting. I was talking with one of my roommates. So I'm in a, a busy house with four other roommates. And um, so it's been interesting kind of being on top of each other during COVID, but also a, a gift to have that kind of internal community. But we've been eating out on our porch a lot. And there's been a lot of neighbors that have stopped by that we've waved at for a couple of years, but never really and talked to that have come and sat with us on our porch for, for different dinners or just to, to hang out um, in the evening. But it's been an interesting, as we were talking about perspective shift later, as the world has felt both so small at the same time while we're all facing this same pandemic, but also made the communities around us feel so much bigger or at least allowed me and I think some of the, the people on our street to really look down the street as the people that are more closer in proximity that we haven't gotten to know before. So it sounds like you were ahead of the curve on that. But I mean, that's one thing I've, I've really enjoyed during this, this season. I think that's an awesome, I think that's so awesome that you're, that you're able to do that. And I think sometimes we don't take the time just to meet our neighbors. I know I have new neighbors and um, I had another family member that met them, but I haven't went over to meet them, but you're right. You know, being a part of our community, even in our homes, even if, like you said, you're on the back porch, you know, it can really change change our lives. And, you know, that person that you met, you know, while you were on your porch may be able to assist you with something else or you may be able to assist them somewhere in life. So I think I think that's awesome. Well, you've given us a lot of time, Christine, but I have two more questions for you if if you have a moment longer. Sure, anything you need. The first one is another really hard-hitting question, but it is, what is your favorite movie? Oh, I just did this on Skype with a class I taught. Um, I have two. I love Because of Win Dixie. I love, love, love that movie. And I also love The Birdcage. I love anything Robin Williams is <laughs> So both of those. I, would about, I think one of my favorite movies is definitely Dead Poet Society, so another great Robin Williams movie. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to add a third question. So what class were you teaching today, and what classes do you normally teach? Um, actually, I was teaching a class with our program managers, and we were working on, you know, how to really look at the risk assessments that we do and how important it is to keep those updated um, and be able to make sure that we're we're checking everything that we do. So that was my question to them was what was their favorite movie before we started on Skype. Um, and, and, you know, and how we're doing monthly reviews and things like that. And are we really, really looking at the person-centered part of, of what we do, you know, as an agency? And, and just as are we making those ISPs what people really want and working on people's visions and outcomes? And if they're not accomplishing those, what do we need to change? So that's what our class was on today. So my last question is, after 31 years in the field, what have you seen as the most empowering message or maybe act for individuals with disabilities? You know, I, I have to say working in the homes during early intervention 
was probably the most powerful things that I have encountered because I had teenage moms that were having babies. I'm very young. I'm talking 12, 13 year olds. Um, as well as being, I, I had a variety of things. I would, I would just go into parts of town and I've even, you know, people have told them, don't, don't talk to Miss Christine um, because she's not going to be in this drug deal. She's here to see my granddaughter. So I've had a variety of things happen to me over the years. Um, but just being able to make that connection with folks. And I guess sometimes we don't see there is danger in places where we can go. And I just always had the outlook that I'm going to be fine because I'm here to make a difference. Um, and, I, and I really do think that early intervention opened my eyes to what all types of different folks we have and different ways that we can adjust and enjoy different environments that people live in. And maybe somebody's idea of keeping a clean house is not my idea, but it's their idea and that's how they run their family. So I think being really open to that and seeing different lifestyles and different ways people live um, and, and knowing what the main thing is, is are they taking care of their kids? Do they love their children? Are they, you know, trying to make the best life that they can make with their dreams? Mm-hmm. I think that that's what's most important is people living the dream that they want, not what we want for somebody else, but the dream that they have for their lives. And that goes for the people that are supported. You know, I want them to be excited about their ISPs. I want them to look forward to their meetings and their vision and their outcome, because that's what matters is what they want. And it's just how we can serve them. Absolutely. Well, Christine, I've had a blast talking to you today. I know we have so much more that we could talk about and discuss, but I'm looking forward to joining once COVID's over, of course, and it's safe to meet. Looking forward to joining a holiday meal soon and also yes. checking out <laughs> checking out Catlin Designs. All right. Great. Thank you so much. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Absolutely. Thanks, Christine. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode with Christine. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about her work, New Horizons, or get some new clothes from Catlin Forever, please visit our website or email us at podcast at newhorizonsls.org. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.